Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Good morning, Shavua Tov, Akutavach. Wow, what a week we're coming from, what a week we're going to. That's right, this is the week of Sukkot, the funnest time of the year. Zman Simcha Senu, the time of our rejoicing. You know, I don't know about you, but I hope that like me, you're coming off a very meaningful Yom Kippur. Here at Chabad, there was this very good, positive energy over the course of Yom Kippur. It was one that I haven't felt in at least a year or two. We had Yom Kippur last year in person. We had more people who came this year. And there was a, a, definitely a, a vibe, an energy that was lacking in the past. And I'm so excited to have been able to go through this Yom Kippur, especially at the end of Yom Kippur, you know, we have the final of five prayers. You know, the, the five prayers of Yom Kippur represent the five levels of the soul. At the deepest level, the level known as Yechida, which means one, that's a level that can never get tainted. The level of the soul, you know, our souls are put into our bodies and our bodies sort of cover up the soul. And the soul throughout our lifetime, the soul is fighting for a, a, a winning chance, so that the body should express the soul's yearning. So every time we do a mitzvah, the soul is being expressed through the bodies doing the mitzvah. But throughout life, the soul gets covered up, sometimes more, sometimes less. Sometimes the soul is more expressed when we're doing more mitzvahs, and sometimes not so much. But at Ne'ilah, the fifth prayer of Yom Kippur, the soul is most expressed. Because at that level, as I said before, it's called Yechida. Yechida means one, meaning it's one with God. That level of the soul could never get blocked, could never get tainted, could never be changed. It's always there. It's always pumping that energy that, um, like, like it's a battery, the ever, ever ready battery, like the bunny. It keeps on going, keeps on going. It's, it, it gives us vitality, excitement, and joy in our Yiddishkeit. And that becomes expressed at Ne'ilah, especially at the end of Ne'ilah, when we say the Shema Yisrael and Baruch Shem and, and, and Hashem Olekim, God is our God. And we call it out with much fervor and excitement, knowing that God is giving us a good and sweet year for the rest of the year and beyond. A year of, of special nachas and good health and prosperity, and success to each and every one of us. So at Chabad, it's always exciting, and at the end of Yom Kippur, gets, it reaches a crescendo as we sing Napoleon's March to end. Uh, before we call out the Lashon HaBab, Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem, we sing Napoleon's March. And I always explain, what was it behind? What is unique about Napoleon? How does Napoleon make it into a shul? How does Napoleon make it into a Chabad house? And when? On the holiest day of the year, at the holiest moment of the holiest day of the year, at the Ne'ilah prayer, Napoleon shows up. What happened? And as I explained in short, at 
Yom Kippur services, you see, Yom Kippur is a very joyous day. Because we're sure that God is going to give us a good year. Serious, we take it seriously, we fast, we don't wear leather shoes, we have the five things, restrictions that we don't do. But Yom Kippur is a joyous day. Knowing that we're going to God and God is going to forgive us, how, how much better can that be? A very joyous day. And then we come to the end of Yom Kippur. In fact, at the end of Yom Kippur, we say good Yom Tif. We wish each other that it's a Yom Tif, it's a holiday. Knowing that Hashem has given us a good year. You see, Napoleon was a unique character. Napoleon lived about 250 years ago. He was a warrior, a general, and he had every intent of winning over the entire world. And he did it methodically. He had a process. But one of the things that made him unique was this. I don't know how long this idea was around, but for a very long time, armies were taught two songs. They were taught, taught a marching victory song, which they would sing as they're marching on to, to war, to battle, and then when they win and they're coming back, they sing again this march, this victory song. And then they were taught a defeat song, a song of defeat. It was a song that when they were captured, they had to sing that song as a sign of their defeat. But Napoleon didn't believe in defeat. Napoleon believed that his armies were going to constantly win. And he told his armies, well, I'm only teaching you a victory march. I'm not going to teach you a defeat march because we don't lose. We're not losers. We're winners. We constantly win. So he only taught them one song. And that made him unique amongst all other armies during that time. And so, at the end of Yom Kippur, when we know that God is going to grant us a good, has granted us a good year, a sweet year, a healthy year, we sing Napoleon's March. And here at Chabad, it's unbelievable. We sing it, and then we dance with it. And even the hunger pangs that we were having are gone. They're out the window. We completely forget about them. As we dance up a storm and celebrate our Yiddishkeit, celebrating our, the beauty of being a Jew, the beauty that we have a day that God gave us the opportunity to connect with Him in a way that's unparalleled whatsoever. We have that chance to connect. And we're thankful that God has given us this opportunity to connect. And for that, we're excited for our Yiddishkeit. So that was Yom Kippur. And you can tell as everyone sat down for the break the fast afterwards, the huge feast that Rachi put out, which was sponsored by the community, really beautiful bagels, lox, cream cheese, whitefish, smoked whitefish, cakes, rugelach, uh, honey cake, um, drinks, I, you name it, it was there. Whatever we needed to eat was there. And we sat around, fabrenged a little bit, until everyone headed home and I can see the energy and excitement in the faces and the voices of all those. I found people, a 13-year-old who fasted for the first time and I found a 30-something-year-old who fasted for the first time. It was so beautiful to see. But to tell you the truth, Yom Kippur can be a double-edged sword. Even if you come to Chabad, it can be a double-edged sword. See, on one hand, you can come away from Yom Kippur energized, uplifted, with a passion, with a drive to embrace the next Jewish experience and the next Jewish experience. And what's our next Jewish experience? Sukkot. The holiday of Sukkot comes four days after Yom Kippur. It starts tomorrow night. Monday night, the 20th, it starts Monday night. And there's many mitzvahs. All causes for celebration. For example, we have the mitzvah of eating in a sukkah. 
We already started building the sukkah before Shabbos. We're going to finish it today. And then the Kievman construction crew, the KCC, will go and help some people in the community build their sukkahs later on today. So if you have a chance to eat in the sukkah, each night of sukkahs, or during the day of sukkahs, you can eat in the sukkah. Another mitzvah is to shake the lul of an esrog. The special mitzvah of bringing the entire Jewish people together. And then we come to the easiest mitzvah which accomplishes the most. And that's dancing on Simchas Torah next week, the following Tuesday. Oh, I have a calendar in front of me. Do you have a calendar? Did you get a calendar in the mail? You got a calendar in the mail, you have one too. If not, let me know and I'll send you one. So, as I started saying, the holiday begins on, on, on uh, Monday night, the 20th. And then it, at Simchas Torah, the dancing is on the 28th. In between, we have a bunch of stuff which we'll talk about later. So we have many causes for celebration because of the mitzvahs we have coming from an energized and uplifting Yom Kippur. Now for such a Jew, there is nothing as empowering as the momentum that comes from a vibrant Yom Kippur. There's enough gasoline. There's enough fuel in the Jewish tank to last for a long time. Yom Kippur just um, whetted the appetite for Yiddishkeit, for our Jewishness. And there's a feeling of wanting more and more. Coming from such a Yom Kippur, a guy might be feeling, a guy or a gal might be feeling, I'm very excited. And the truth is, I'm very excited for such a Jew. Because their Yiddishkeit will soar over the coming year. But on the other hand, as I said, Yom Kippur is a double-edged sword. On the other hand, a Jew may come away from Yom Kippur feeling like he's completely accomplished. There's no need to consider more Yiddishkeit until next year. Hey, it was a successful Yom Kippur. I fasted. I came to Shul. I, maybe I came by. I, I was there at Neila. I was there at Kol Nidre. I was there for part of the day for the truncated service, whatever it was. I feel like I've, I'm fully accomplished. And now, as I wrote in my email, my Friday email that went out before Shabbos, and now I have a clean slate. There's no more investment that's necessary. I don't have any effort that's necessary to move. I've done good. I've been there. You know the story about the Jew who shows up once a year for Yom Kippur? So he goes, he's passing by the rabbi and he's saying good Yom Tif. And the rabbi says, Jack, I haven't seen you for an entire year. You know, you got to be in God's army. He says, Rabbi, I'm in, I'm in God's army. So the rabbi says, what do you mean? But, but I never see you. You never come. He says, Ah, that's because I'm in the secret service. Anyway, so for a Jew who feels that he has a clean slate and he's completely fulfilled and accomplished after Yom Kippur, for such a Jew, there's an anticlimactic sentiment connected with the end of Yom Kippur. Because, okay, it was great, it was wonderful, I felt angelic during Yom Kippur, now, eh, I'm done. And this attitude can cause sadness because it represents a wasted opportunity to harness the power and excitement and energy of Yom Kippur and take it not just throughout the year, but take it to the next level. So I turn to you, ladies and gentlemen, our amazing audience, those who were here at Chabad and those who weren't, I beg you, be in the first category rather than the second. I know we're now already two days after Yom Kippur. Friday, Shabbos, yeah, two days, two and a half days after Yom Kippur. And you can still make the choice that Yom Kippur should not be for naught. You have the choice that Yom Kippur be about developing your relationship with God. And in every relationship... As, as, as in every relationship, a relationship with God requires effort and investment. Every mitzvah, every Jewish holiday celebration is the investment in the relationship. God is pleading with us. He wants us to be invested in this relationship that He so strongly desires to have with us. Can you imagine that? Our God is 
wants a relationship with us. During Yom Kippur, I mentioned an instance, an instance that has happened with me with almost each of my children. Over the course of their childhood, four or five, six years old, they happen in, in, in one form or another with each of the children. And what I'm talking about is this. Khani says to me, Tati, I'm hungry. And I say, okay, here, let's have some uh, a sandwich. I'll make you a sandwich. No, 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 I don't want a sandwich. What do you want? I thought you're hungry. No, no, I want, I want that, that black and white cookie. I think they call it half moons around here. But growing up in New York, we called it black and whites. Those are the cookies that have the cream on top, the black and white uh, cream on top of the cookie. Okay, fine. I'll give you the black and white cookie. We're sitting there, and I say, Khani, you know it's good to share, right? She goes, yes, sharing is very good. We have to share with our friends, right? Yes, we have to share with our friends. Khani, I'm your friend, right? Yes, Tati, you're my friend. Khani, can I have a, some of your black and white cookie? And she goes, no. I, I said, wait, wait, wait. Didn't you say sharing it with your friends is good? Didn't you say I'm your friend? Could you share a little bit? Now she's caught. So she breaks off the tiniest, tiniest piece and slowly moves it across the table and hands it to me. And I'm thinking to myself, one second, I didn't say this, I just thought it. Didn't I just give you that cookie? Didn't I give you that cookie even though mommy wants you to have a sandwich? I gave you that cookie? I mean, I have all the cookies I can eat. I go back in the pantry, I'll get myself a cookie. I don't really need your cookie. I gave it to you. I could take it away from you. I'm simply asking for a piece. What's the big deal? Why are you giving me this tiny piece? And as I explained on Yom Kippur, as I'm thinking those thoughts to myself, it dawned on me that God is thinking the exact same thing. Besides for our necessities, we also ask God for our wants, for the things that we want. Obviously, the things that we need, we should get. What about the things that we want? You know, the extras, the nicer car, the nicer house, the nicer vacation, the extras. We can live without a vacation. We can live without a nicer car. But we want God to give us those things too. With the ability, of course, to get those things. Right? So God says, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. And then he says, can I have some? Can you share with me a little bit? And then we become stingy. When God says, I want you to give some tzedakah, I want you to give some charity, He needs us to give it. God has all the money in the world. If He wants to support that poor person, or if He wants to support that organization, that good charitable organization, He can support them. But then He asks us, to give our money. 10% of what we earn, we should give to tzedakah, we should give to charity. And we start hemming and humming. 10%? My financial advisor told me that I can't give that much right now. Now every Jew, Jackie Mason says, every Jew has a building that he could have bought 30 years ago for $29. And you say to him, what about now? So now, now it's too late. And Jews might say, 10%, I can give them, maybe, maybe next year. Last year I was able to give 10% because I made more money. But this year my financial advisor told me, I can't give so much money. But God is saying, wait, did your financial, financial advisor forget to tell you that everything you have is from me? So you say, okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you 2%. 2% is still a lot of money. I made $100,000 this year. 2% is still $2,000. a lot of money. Do I have to give $10,000 to Tzedakah? And God's laughing. 
just like me, as a parent. I, I, I gave you everything. I'm asking just for a little bit. I want you to come to shul. I'd love to see you. Shabbos morning. What better thing to do than to see you in my house? My doors are open. Come on in. Connect with me. Sit with me. Celebrate with me. And we say, yeah, yeah. God, God, I- I'm going to come to Shul. Not this week, but probably in a few weeks. I'll come. This week, I have, I have the beach. I have the, 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 the business meeting. I have the, 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 the sale. There's a big sale. It's on Saturday. I'm going to save you know, $20 by going to the sale. I can't come to Shul. I'm so busy. I'll come, I'll come. I promise I'll come. And God says, what do you mean? Sale shmeel. I want a relationship with you. We are so lucky. It's the best thing to happen to us that God asks us to have a relationship with Him. And the good news is He asks us for this right after Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, we come to Shul and we say, God, or we say it, sit at home and we say, God, give us a good year. And God in turn says, okay, yes, I will. But please, give me a good year too. Spend some time with me. Spend some energy, some investment in our relationship. And not just about tzedakah. Charity is a very important thing. But there's kosher. Buy some kosher meat this week instead of unkosher meat. Put on tefillin. Stop at the Chabad house. The rabbi will put on tefillin with you. Light Shabbos candles. This week is Yom Tif. On Monday night, you should light candles at 628. Connect with me. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm going to give you what you need. But here, just give me what I need, God says. So at this time, right after Yom Kippur, I want to wish you not just a hope that you had a meaningful Yom Kippur, but rather I wish you that you should have a meaningful post-Yom Kippur, a meaningful post-Yom Kippur and rest of the Jewish year. And it starts tomorrow night with Sukkot. So if you haven't yet either bought yourself a an esrig, or you haven't yet set up a time to come join us for dinner, go to our website, www.jewishma.com. Now obviously you can celebrate Sukkot in many ways and in many places, but we make it easy for you to celebrate with joy and happiness throughout the holiday. So whether it's joining us for dinner or coming by for um, a latte and lulav shake throughout any of the days of Sukkot, and of course, especially joining us on the 28th for the huge dinner party celebrating the completion of the Torah, celebrating our Yiddishkeit, and you don't want to miss it. I'll give all the details later, but I first want to start with a joy of um, a song of joy in Yiddish. The Yiddish word for the day is Lebedic, Lebedic, Lebedic. You know what Lebedic means? Lebedic literally mean, means alive, but it means to live with joy and vitality. So be Lebedic, get up and dance. <laughs> Should I get a good 
During Yom Kippur, I began talking about a topic known as Zedonos Nasu Lo Kizachios. There's a concept within Judaism known as um, that when you do Teshuvah, when we return to God, when we, we repent and re, re-establish our connection with God, our sins are transformed into merits. Think about that. We, we've had, we may have done tons of terrible things. And then when we come to God with a true heart and ask for forgiveness, not only does God forgive us, but He makes as if all of those negative traits, negative things we've had, were now transformed into positive ones. So if you did a hundred sins last year, it's as if you did a hundred mitzvahs. It's like a good deal. It's a pretty good deal, you know. We like getting things at wholesale, so this works out really, really well. I didn't get through because I wanted to tell you an amazing, an insanely amazing story. It's an old story that I dug up, but I found that someone else dug it up before me on that app or program called Reddit, Read It, um, is where I found it. Um, well, not exactly, but close enough. So... It's a story about a a 19-year-old college student with a disorder, an obsessive-compulsive disorder, which reminds me, talking about college students, it reminds me about a guy named Sam. He's always late for class. It didn't matter that he had three cell phones and two alarm clocks that he kept near his bed. It didn't do anything for him. He simply couldn't open his eyes in the morning. So one day his professor had enough, and he said to him, you know what? Next time you're late to, to class, you can just stay home because I already have an email ready to send to you that you're dropping this course. Finished. I'm going to drop the transcripts. You're done for this semester. Don't show up late again. So now the reason why Sam couldn't get up was because he never could fall asleep at night. He had a hard time going to sleep. So he was really worried and he went to the Walgreens and he said, listen, I really need a strong sleeping pill so I can get to sleep early so I can get up, get a good night's sleep, and wake up. So the pharmacist says, here, this is a really good uh, sleeping pill. It'll give you a good night's sleep. You'll wake up early. You're feeling refreshed, better than ever. So at an early bedtime, Sam Sam takes the pill, just as the, the pharmacist told him to do, and he falls into a deep sleep. And sure enough, he wakes up bright and early for the first time in months, bright and early. He shows up at class and he proudly goes to his professor and he tells him the good news that this morning I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. And the teacher says, that's excellent. But where were you all day yesterday? That's just talking about college students. So I wanted to tell this story, which is, a, a like I say, insanely amazing story that took place in the late 90s. This 90-year-old guy they call him George. They don't. They don't put his name in the article. It was in the New York Times. They just the pseudonym, or maybe his first name was George. He had obsessive compulsive disorder, and because of that, you know, it, it meant he was washing his hands all the time and taking showers all the time. He became very depressed. He was a good student, but he he dropped out of school. He quit his job because he washed his hands hundreds of times a day. He just couldn't work anymore. It was a really terrible, and I know people with the sickness, and it's, it's really, this illness is a really terrible illness. It's a true story. 
I'm reading off, off the New York Times. George was so depressed and told his mother that his life was so wretched that he would rather die. So she said to him, and I don't know if she said it in jest or she meant it, but she said to him, so look, George, if your life is so wretched, just go and shoot yourself. So George listened to his mother. He went to the basement, stuck a 22 caliber rifle in his mouth and pulled the trigger. But he didn't die. Instead, this man who shot himself in the head in a suicide attempt ended up curing his mental illness without causing any other brain damage. You see, the bullet got lodged in the left front lobe of his brain, which eliminated the OCD issues that he had. All his compulsions were gone. And over the following five years, George got a job and continued as a straight A college student. It's unbelievable. Obviously, not I, nor anyone else is advocating suicide. But, you know, your mother might have it right sometimes. But in all truth, this is what I really want to teach, what I learned from this story. Sometimes in life, what may seem as a terrible sentence, a painful reality, the end of your success, in reality, may be the beginning of your recovery. In the Talmud, it says that true repentance transforms our sins into mitzvahs. Can you imagine that? Everything we've done wrong becomes right. Not the actions are right, but in in God's eyes, they become right. Sometimes, you may feel like a failure because you've done so many things wrong and you came to Yom Kippur and you're out this year, I don't know, wasn't good. But through those very failures, through that pain, we end up encountering our deepest resources. And that prompts us to have our deepest truth and growth. And that's what Sukkot is all about. This holiday that begins tomorrow night is all about putting the negative past in the past. And celebrating the continuously good you. The good Jew that is you with the celebration of Sukkot, bringing yourself together and people together. Because Sukkot has many lessons to us. We sit in a Sukkah, and any Jew can join in the same Sukkah. You know, it's interesting. Most mitzvahs, we each have to do on our own. Take, for instance, lighting Shabbos candles. Every Jewish woman and girl has to light her own candle. Putting on tefillin. Every guy has to put on tefillin. Every Jewish guy has to put on tefillin. I can't put on tefillin and have you in mind. Kosher. I have to eat kosher. You have to eat kosher. Torah study. I have to study Torah. You have to study Torah. Charity. I have to give charity. You have to give charity. Every mitzvah, we each are responsible for ourselves. And then there becomes the mitzvah of sukkah. I can build a sukkah, not just for myself. Yeah, you can build a a one-person sukkah. I have one of those. I have these one-person sukkahs that I take around with me. Um, It's a, a traveling sukkah. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I can build a sukkah that every single Jew, if I had the resources, every single Jew can fit into the sukkah and fulfill their obligation with the sukkah that I built. In fact, we currently have our sukkah that we're putting up tomorrow, the rest of the day today and tomorrow. That sukkah is huge and can fit a lot of people. And everyone who comes into the sukkah can fulfill their obligation within that sukkah. The message of sukkahs is that we're all one. We're all in it together. Another example of the unity of the Jew in the sukkah is, and the holiday of sukkahs is the mitzvah of the lulav and esrog. There are four kinds, four types of vegetation. The citron, the esrig, the lulav, which is the um, palm branch, the hadasim, the myrtle branches, and the uh, uh, aravos, the willows. And each one of them has a different characteristic. 
One has a good smell and a good taste, like the esrog. One has a good taste, like the, from the palm branch. One has a good smell, like the myrtle. And one has no smell and no taste, like the willow. And every Jew falls into one of the four categories of either a Jew who studies Torah and fulfills God's commandments, or a Jew who mainly studies Torah but doesn't do the commandments, or conversely a Jew who does the commandments but doesn't study much Torah, and then a Jew who almost does none, doesn't study Torah and doesn't do the commandments. And God says to us that on Sukkot we need to bring all four kinds of Jews. That means every single Jew has to be represented in the mitzvah of shaking the lulav. What if I'm missing the, you know, the one who studies Torah but doesn't do the mitzvahs? Well then you can't do the mitzvah. You cannot shake the lulav and esrog unless you have all four kinds of those vegetation representing the four kinds of Jews. So Sukkot is all about us coming together and really about the future of the Jewish people. There's a very famous Yiddish song known as Asukale Akleine. You may have heard it growing up. I'll see if I can find it here. Um, I had a hard time finding it, but let me see if I can find it. If not this week, maybe I'll, I'll play it next week. But the song goes, Asukale Akleine. I made this little sukkah. It talks about a Jew living in, in the shtetl who didn't have much, but sukkahs is sukkahs, and they have to build a sukkah. They didn't have... Like we have in our community such special people who know how to build and we have the wood we need and, and the resources we need to make a beautiful sukkah. He, he found a board here, a piece of wood there, a nail there. So he, he hobbled together a, a, a sukkah. The walls looked like they were going to fall in. And the sukkah looks like literally a wind is going to blow it down. But they sit there in the sukkah enjoying God's embrace because the sukkah is literally like God's embrace, like He's giving us a hug right after Yom Kippur. The walls of the sukkah is like God's arms around us, surrounding us, embracing us, holding us close. And even though the winds are blowing, the song continues, the sukkah doesn't fall. And the song goes on to say that it's a metaphor for the Jewish people. The Jewish people have also been a time where we felt like we were going to be blown away, blown into obscurity. No one's going to hear of us anymore. Throughout history, there have been those anti-Semites who have tried to do away with the Jewish people. We're still here, and they're gone. We are the ancient Greeks. We are the ancient Romans. We are the ancient Egyptians. On and on and on. Every group that tried to annihilate us are gone. Some, not like we got rid of everyone who wants to annihilate us. Don't get me wrong. Unfortunately, there's always a resurgence. The ugly head of anti-Semitism always sticks its head up. But we're still here. We're celebrating sukkahs with bigger sukkahs every year. And that's the message of sukkahs, that God's embrace coming right after Yom Kippur. And that's why we're so excited to go to the sukkah. That embrace coming from God is one that keeps us going. And all the winds from outside and from within, the anti-Semitism from outside of us, and the apathy and assimilation within our community still will never get rid of us. We're always going to be here and continue to thrive. So there's an English play on the sukkah. It's called Sukkah's Falling by Rogers Park, a great group we love. Enjoy. Sukkah's Falling by Rogers Park. I've just seen a face with all its beard hairs in its place. A kind rabbi comes right up to me, says, A synagogue is where a Jew should be. Hoi vey la di da Chicken soup each Friday night, the monster balls, oh what a sight, but now it's time we head outside, so it's time we eat it in a hut. Oh baby, la di da Falling, the sugar's falling, but the rabbi's calling me back again. Falling, the sugar's falling, but the rabbi's calling me back again. Falling, these walls keep falling 
my soup when I'm waiting for my Charlie stew. It's cold out here, I'll persevere. My indoor meals are never quite like this. almost forgot to start off each day by thanking God and saying a little prayer. If you got a yarmulke, put it on your head and let's say together, cover your eyes with your right hand. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuso Le'olam Va'ed Take your hand off your eyes. If you have a coin, Please take it and put it in the pushka. I have my beautiful pushka from the uh, Chabad House Jewish Center in, in Mansfield. If you have a drink, take your drink. Let's say it together. A bracha. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehakol Nihiyah Bidvarau. Today, besides being the beginning of a very joyous holiday, today is the yard site of the Rebbe Maharash, the fifth Sorry, not the fifth, but the fourth Chabad Rebbe, the fourth leader in the Chabad movement. His predecessors is the Alter Rebbe, and then the Mitl Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, and then the Rebbe Marash. His name is Shmuel, and his yard site is today on the 13th day in the month of Tishrei, and our son, Shmuli, is named after him. Shmuley spent Yom Kippur together with our Levi in New York to be in 770 with the Rebbe's Yom Kippur and will be coming back uh, later today. Really excited to have them back home for uh, Sukkot. So his yard site is, t- is today. And one of the famous things that the Rebbe Marash is known for is L'chathchila Ariba. This is a Hebrew word brought to you by... Um, the Armenians and the Yiddish word brought to you by the uh, Kate's Financial Services. Lechatchila means in the beginning or right away in Hebrew. And in Yiddish, Ariber means you go over. And his saying was sort of like this. Most people think that when you come to a challenge, you try to go under it, try to go around it, try to push it away. And then if you can't, you climb over it. But I say, the Rebbe Marash would say, I say, right in the beginning, you should jump over any obstacle that comes your way. And that's how he lived his life. And that's how he taught us to live. And the Rebbe would often quote him as to teach us the importance of not reckoning with, I don't know if that's the right word. Peter, you got to help me here. Not dealing with, when challenges come our way, just rise above it. We all have challenges. The question is, what do we do with those challenges? Do we sit and fight with them, try to tear them down, or do we rise above them? It's a beautiful slow song. I know we're in the time of joy, and you know slow songs can be joyous too. This song is known as L'Chathchila Ariber. In the beginning, jump over. Enjoy this song, and then we'll be back right afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah
So there you have it. L'chatchila aribe. You know, earlier I was talking about um, your choice we make after Yom Kippur. Is Yom Kippur going to be that, okay, I'm done. I fulfilled what I got to do. It was a great Yom Kippur. Now I'll see you back in a year. Or is Yom Kippur l'chatchila aribe. Is Yom Kippur, wow, this was awesome. I feel the excitement. Now let me take on the next holiday and the next holiday, the next mitzvah and the next mitzvah. It's up to you. And today, you can make that change. Make sure that your Yom Kippur spurs you to do so much more, especially if you celebrated Yom Kippur. And I say especially if you didn't celebrate Yom Kippur. You got to make sure to celebrate the joy. Because if you just celebrate Yom Kippur, your Judaism is filled with a lot of oi. But if you celebrate Yom Kippur and you celebrate Sukkot, then your Judaism is filled with joy. That's why Judaism starts with a J. Less oi and more joy. Okay, so the holiday of Sukkot begins tomorrow night, September 20th. We light the candles at 628. Do you know that in the Jewish calendar, tomorrow night is smack in the middle of the month. It's the 15th day of the month. And that means, because our months are lunar months, the moon is at its zenith tomorrow night. And therefore, when you look up at the sky... Before you walk into the sukkah, on the first night, hopefully it's going to be a clear night, you're going to see a full moon up in the sky. Because our calendar follows the moon, and the moon is going to be a full moon on the 15th day of the month. So what do we do? We celebrate sukkahs by going into a sukkah hut. It's actually called dwelling in the hut. Because the sukkah, the word sukkah in Hebrew is sort of like a booth or a shelter. And the Torah tells us that when the Jewish people left Egypt, they were sheltered by the clouds that surrounded them in Egypt. And because of that shelter, we're told to sit in these shelters during the holiday of Sukkot. The Sukkah has walls made of different, any material you like. Our Sukkah either has some wood, some... Uh, can, um, um, not plastic, some, some lattice. It's made from various materials, but the schach, the stuff that covers the sukkah, must be covered with greenery or bamboo or something else that's been harvested from the ground, typically something that stays green throughout the whole holiday, and it's called schach. So it can't be hanging on a tree. It has to be actually cut off from the tree and put placed on top as the roof. And as I said before, it, during the holiday, you're supposed to dwell in the sukkah. You're supposed to do as much as possible in the sukkah. We don't actually sleep in the sukkah because of the holiness of God's embrace that's in the sukkah. But we eat all our meals in the sukkah, study in the sukkah, schmooze in the sukkah. If you want to play some games, you can play some games in the sukkah. And then, we shake the Lul of an Esrig, as I explained earlier. The Torah tells us to shake the Lul of an Esrig, representing bringing all the Jewish people together. And we have special blessings. There's a blessing to say when we go into the sukkah, when we eat something in the sukkah. And there's a special blessing we say when we shake the Lul of an Esrig. Now, during temple times, the nights of sukkahs were celebrated with extreme joy to the degree that our sages tell us that anyone who has not seen the joy of the water drawing has never seen joy in his life. The celebration started by them drawing water from the special spring called the Shiloach Spring, which was then poured into a special hole on the temple altar. And to celebrate this unique occasion where they would spill water instead of wine, the priests would light fires on these great lamps they would light up the entire Jerusalem as if it was the middle of the day. And throughout the night, people would dance holding torches. Scholars would juggle fire and the Levites would play music while the regular people would just watch and clap their hands and sing along. And nowadays, we do the same. We hold celebration on the nights of Sukkot to commemorate this water-drawing ceremony. And the Rebbe would encourage us that the dancing should spill out into the streets. So that every day of Sukkot, we go out into the streets and we make a little dance here, 
even in our little sleepy town of Milford. We make sure that it's not sleeping during the holiday of Sukkot. We dance in the streets and we celebrate being Jewish. We celebrate any moment that we're going to be back in the land of Israel with our forefathers and all of the generations and celebrating the temple again as they did celebrating the streets of Jerusalem. Talking about our forefathers, do you know that the, in the mystical tradition, the Zohar, tells us that there are seven ushpizin. I'm sure you heard that word from the famous uh, film that came out years ago. Seven ushpizin. Ushpizin is Aramaic. Do we have a sponsor for our Aramaic words? We have a sponsor for our uh, Hebrew word. We have a sponsor for our Yiddish word. What about a sponsor for an Aramaic word? Who, who's, who's jumping in on that one? So the Aramaic word ushpizin means guests. Or shepherds, and every day they become another one of the seven guests. Join us, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Joseph, and David. And the Rebbe taught us that according to Hasidus, there's also seven Hasidic guests who join them as well, starting from the Baal Shem Tov, the Mizritcha Magid, the Alter Rebbe, the Mittler Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Rebbe Marash. And the Rebbe Rashab. And then on Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Torah are the two days when the previous Rebbe joins us and then the Rebbe joins us as we leave the sukkah and come back into the home. And the culmination of the entire holiday of sukkahs, as I said earlier, is on Simchas Torah when we dance with the Torahs over a two-day period, 48 hours, on the evening of the 27th of September all the way through the evening of the 29th. And over here at Chabad, we have a huge dinner party on September 29th at 6 p.m. And then a huge brunch. I'm sorry, September 28th at 6 p.m. And a huge brunch on September 29th at um, 11 a.m. You want to join us for all of that, all of the excitement. I'll talk about more about Simchas Torah next week. For now, you need to know the dates of uh, Sukkot, which are begins tomorrow night. And Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll have services at Chabad. We'll have meals in our huge community sukkah. Um, and you can join me or Rachi for a latte and lulav shake. A shake and a lulav shake. If you want a drink and uh, shake the lulav, any of the days you can click at a time slot uh, on our website. Which website is that? www.jewishma.com J-E-W I-S-H-M-A dot com. I'll wait a second, get a pencil or a pen, and write it down. Jewish M-A, J-E-W-I-S-H-M-A dot com. Go to our website, click on the, you know, we have so much going on on our website. You can use our website to reserve for Sukkah's dinner. Right across the top, we have a, 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 a menu, Sukkah's dinner, in our Sukkah. You can join us for a lunch and drum circle. That's right. Next Sunday, a week from today, at 12 p.m., we're going to have lunch in our sukkah with a drum circle. Ortho Day, the most amazing um, drum circle guy, is coming all the way from Western Massachusetts to bring your family together, adults, children, everyone in between. Come along and celebrate in the natural habitat. Enjoy a yummy lunch in our sukkah, and, and an awesome drum circle. You got to go to our website, jewishma.com to sign up. That's next Sunday at 12 p.m. You can sign up, as I said, for sukkah dinner, um, whether it's for Monday night, Tuesday night, Friday night, next Monday night, also for sukkahs and simchas Torah, right? You want to sign up for the dinner on, on the 28th. You want to sign up for brunch on the 29th. It's all free of charge. Thanks to our amazing sponsors. Go to the website, jewishma.com. And of course, if you want to sign up for the lulav and latte or the lulav shake and a drink shake, whatever it is, join us for a 10-minute um, slot any day of uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Monday, the 23rd, the 24th, the 26th, and 27th of September. So it's all there for you, jewishma.com. Everything you need to know about this amazing holiday of joy, what Judaism is all about and Chabad is all about. It's Judaism... Joy without the oi. And remember, besides having an amazingly joyous next couple of weeks, remember your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. L'chaim!
You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom. Oh, it's not the house, have a lovely. Oh, it's not the house, have a lovely.